Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Let's, let's recap quickly. We discovered early on that loneliness comes usually when we develop, guys, when we fail to develop a true connection with the God who created us. That's where we feel lonely inside, okay? We've missed that connection. We know that God created us. We know that he has a plan for us. And somehow we got disconnected at the, at the source, at the plug. And a lot of times, guys, to be honest with you, um, for several reasons, for several reasons, and, and you kind of have to navigate through your past and try to figure out, we have determined, oh, well, you know what? He's holy. He's God. I, I've messed up. I'm not worthy of that connection. And so, and so we feel that way, like, oh, well, why would the God who's pure love, who's amazing, who's grace, who's compassion. What would he want to do with me? I'm a mess up. I mess things up. I'm a horrible husband. Messed up son. All this stuff. And so what happens, guys, is that tends to trickle down. Let's be honest. That trickles down. That sort of mindset trickles to where we, we push people away. And so we don't have real deep connections with people. And we even, come on, don't look at me like I'm, we even have trouble letting our spouses in. Well, hold on, hold on. Because we have that same mindset. Why would you want, why would you, no, you're going to judge me, you're going to hurt me. And so, a lot of times, we have a lot of acquaintances. We have a lot of high fives. Hey, how you doing? Hey, bro, what's up? But we don't have an honest and a true connection. And that, and that, that breeds loneliness. That breeds, that's why people go, man, I could be in a room full of people. You could be in a room full of your family and still feel very lonely. We have learned, guys, that that stems from connection. Now listen, let me take it a step further. And intimacy with God. You see, quiet times, quiet times, getting alone, with God isn't just a duty. Oh, okay, I have my question. Oh, I read my Bible. It's, it's a connection you're making in your heart. And so when pastor gets up and goes, hey, have you had your quiet time? Have you spent time with Jesus? Everybody goes, ah, yeah. I mean, here's, here, here's my quiet time. Listen, I was listening to Caleb on the way to work. That's my quiet time. And I'm just singing the song. I praise the Lord. But I'm not really engaged, okay? And, and so what we need to do, guys, what we need to do is we need to, we need to connect on a spiritual level with God. He needs to move our hearts. If you were here on Wednesday night, you guys heard that the church of Ephesus had left their first love. They, they didn't lose it. They're not like, hey, where's Jesus? They said, okay, we're going to be busy. Lord, you sit right there. And if we need something, we'll come to you. And they, and, and they missed that connection. Guys, the result, the result is there's not a church in Ephesus anymore. It burned out. And the Lord says, that's, that's like our lives, guys. We, we have to connect. And then, if that's not enough, all of the stuff that's in your heart, the world seems to amplify 
what was buried in your heart. What was buried in your heart. And I've got to be honest with you. It hasn't happened to me, maybe you, but people are on edge today. They're on edge about everything. I mean, people are yelling obscenities at other people who will or will not wear a mask. They're on edge. It's crazy. All of this. And you guys feel the pressure, right? You feel that pressure each and every day. You go to bed and you wake up and you're like, okay, oh wait, we still, we're still here. Okay? Now, here's the one thing I want to remind you. Can I just prepare you? Do you, do you mind? You mind, okay? We all go, man, I can't wait for 2020 to be gone. I can't wait. Boo. Listen, nothing's going to change in 2021. We're just going to roll right into that. You understand that just because we changed the calendar year does not change the circumstances going on in our lives. So what do we do? We prepare. Santos, we prepare for what's going to happen coming forward. We're ready. We're ready. 2019, let's be honest, when we, last year at this time, we're like, man, 2020's got to be better, but it wasn't anything like that. And what happened? We came into it in January, you know, we were like, hey, this is all right, okay, let's go, let's get the rolling. February, March, and then every, and then the bottom fell down. Guys, listen to me. There are still churches in the United States of America that are shut down today. There's still churches. There's churches going, man, I wish we could meet. Thank God for our governor who's allowing us to continually meet, and he says the church is essential. But we cannot take that for granted. We can't take it for granted. So we talked about loneliness. We also talk about depression. Now, here's what we learned about depression, okay? I find that I become depressed Okay, I, I feel bummed. I'm, I'm down, Mel, when I filter a lot of the events in my life through my own eyes and my own understanding. When somebody hurts me, I go, oh, it must be me. I must have done something, and, and I filter it that way. When somebody walks out of my life, I tend to go, oh, and I get really sad because I feel like it was something I did or didn't do, or maybe I could have done more. And what I realize is that I have to filter life's events through the eyes of the Lord and his understanding. And even when I don't understand all that's going on, even when I'm like, I don't understand, Lord, right? And how many of us said that at times? I don't understand, Lord. I don't understand. He goes, maybe you won't this side of heaven, but the other side of heaven, you're going to go, oh, I see. I see. And so we have to be careful. Now, if there are those of you watching online or, or, or you struggle with a chemical depend, or dysfunction in your mind or there's something going on and, and, you, and, you, and you feel depressed and you need medicine, I get that. I, what I'm talking about is just the little things that happen that want to trip us up and be depressed and then specifically for the holidays. What better way to, sell, to, 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 to celebrate the birth of our Lord with an Eeyore attitude. Super bummed. Hey, how you doing? Great. It's Christmas. Oh, it's Christmas, yeah. Well, how come you're not happy? Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm happy. You know? <laughs> right? And, and so people kind of go, wow, dude, that's... Hmm. 
Guys, we never celebrate like that, do we? We never celebrate anything like that. Anyway, I digress. Let's go back to the Word. Last week, last week was our third installment, and we know that this time of year always brings what? Stress. Stress. We're stressed out. Now, we talked about this, guys, and I'm going to go through them pretty quick. Let me give you some insight to the things that we apply to overcome the holidays, okay? Okay, so ready? Here's a spoiler alert. Christmas is on, uh, Christmas Eve is on Thursday. When is it? Thursday? Thursday. So Christmas Day is on Friday. I don't even know when it is, man. I'm so stressed out, I don't know when it is. No, I do. But, uh, so it's coming fast. And I know all of you in here are like, boy, I can't wait to go to the mall today and fight the crowds. <laughs> I'm just excited about that. Oh, I'm going to go to Target and sit there and, no, 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 we're not. So we're stressed. But let me just give you some quick things. Number one, have, get the right perspective. Get the right perspective, okay? Why? Because in Christmas, we don't celebrate the season, what do we do? We celebrate a person. You go, Ben, Christmas should be every day. Amen. Christmas should be every day. Okay? Number two, when you're feeling stressed, please reach out to somebody. That's okay to say, hey, man, man, I'm really stressed today. I'm, pray for me. I'm stressed. And you can talk it out a little bit. You can talk it out. Number three, set realistic expectations. Set realistic expectations. I mean, in your mind, you've already created the ideal Christmas that you're hoping, but in honesty, it may not be that. Every year at my house on Christmas Eve, we invite those that don't have anywhere to go, um, come on and, and, and come have some fellowship, come have some food. But I'm quickly realizing with COVID, it may not be the same this year. As people go, oh, I'm going to stay home, I'm not feeling good, whatever it might be. Our house is still open, but it may not be the same. You guys tracking with me? Things have changed. You guys have had Christmases the way you've always had them, and it may, it may be there this year. It may be different. It may be different. As a matter of fact, every year we have our Cal at Christmas at Calvary, and we've had food, and we've had all kinds of stuff. And this year, we sort of just took a step back and said, okay, we don't know where people are. We don't know where they are. So let's let's do this. Let's regroup and let's just focus on going into 2021 and moving forward. And next Christmas, we're going to throw, we'll just, we're going to have a great time. But I think the Lord's coming back. I think the Lord's coming back for us. You go, what else? Let me, let me, here, if you're stressed about the holidays, number one, set a budget and stick to it. Set a budget. This is what we got. And when you have a budget, man, it's, it's awesome. Why? Because the looks on people's face is worth all of that. Is it not, Becky? Right? When you give somebody go, I just wanted to see the look on your face. Right? That was worth the whole present. So set a budget, stick to it. It doesn't have to go crazy. Uh, number five, learn to say no. Learn to say no. Hey, can you, no, that's not going to work for me. I tried to say no to Becky, but she was persistent. Open that now. <laughs> no, Becky, no, I'm going to say it Christmas. Anyway, that's, that's okay. And number six, place your faith and hope in Jesus. That's where we need to be. This is where it's all about. This is why you're here. Your hope in Jesus. 
Well, we got five days till Christmas. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Some of you open presents on Thursday night. Some of you go, no, we open presents on Friday morning. Either way, guys, we can be discouraged. It's getting close. And part of the discouragement, Amanda, is that it just doesn't feel like Christmas. Something's not gelling. Something's not clicking. And uh, a lot of us feel like we're running out of time to get that perfect gift. And and we go to the mall and we're disappointed and so forth and so forth. And as a matter of fact, I was driving to church this week. And, of course, um, on 97.7, it's all, it's all Christmas till Christmas. And guess what, Mel? That song came on. It's the most wonderful time of there. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm doing a series on that, right? And it's supposed to be happy and joyful and, and all of this stuff. And I know there's people who go, why am I so discouraged? Why am I so discouraged? So you know what I did? I started thinking. I said, if I were to find anybody in the scriptures who was discouraged in life, who would it be? You go, man, that's easy. David, David, King David. How do we know? Because he wrote stuff down. He wrote stuff down, and that's exactly what it is. I'm thinking, man, you know what? This is exactly why David wrote Psalm 142. He wrote it when he was down, when he was discouraged, when he was depressed. This is what he wrote. Now, as we get to Psalm 142, let me give you a backstory on it real quick, okay? Psalm 142 is a, if you're taking note, it's a prayer psalm. You want to write that down because this is a time when your heart is is wanting to pray. David, check this out, guys. David is on the run from Saul. He loved Saul. That was his king. And now all of a sudden, Saul's trying to, you know, he's got a hit out after David. David is running. Guess where he finds himself? He finds himself in a cave. He's there running. He's like, are you kidding me? This is where my life is? This is where I ended up? In a cave? And he begins to pen Psalm 142. And what he does is he's, he's just overwhelmed. Anybody feel like that at times? Just overwhelmed with life, overwhelmed with work, overwhelmed with Christmas, overwhelmed with... This is David. Well, what's he overwhelmed with? Well, if you're taking note, he's overwhelmed with dangerous and, and actually dangerous people. I mean, the guy can't stick his head out of the cave without thinking he might get shot. I mean, this, here he is. Run. He's just on the run. Wait, wait, wait. I was at the palace. I, I had it all. I mean, I was the king. Oh, I wasn't the king. I'm going to be the king. Okay, well, so what does he do? Guys, he confidently cries out to the Lord to free him from those dangers so he may thank the Lord and others that others will see the deliverance, the Lord's deliverance of him. Now, I know what's going on, okay? None of us are hiding in a cave. But I believe, like David, guys, um, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think in the Christmas season, listen to me, in the Christmas season, many of us are hiding in our emotional caves. We're lonely. And some of us are depressed, and some of us are discouraged. So let's look at what David writes, and let's compare that as we go through. Um, let's read this together, guys. Psalm 142. We'll read it together, and then we'll come back and break it down. Psalm 142 says, it's a contemplation of David, a prayer when he was in a cave. He says, I cry out to the Lord with my voice. With my voice to the Lord, I make my supplication. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. 
When my spirit is overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path in the way which I should walk. They have secretly set a snare for me. Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me. No one cares for my soul. I cried out to you, O Lord, and said, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise your name. The righteous shall surround me, for you shall deal bountifully with me. That's what David writes. Your attention, please. Let's break down the text. Why? Because we notice something very interesting. If you're taking note, I want you to see David right here is super bummed. He's super bummed. But I want you to notice the very first thing he does. What does he do? The very first thing is he brings his complaint where? To God. To God. Right? Listen. I cry out to the Lord with my voice. This is what he's doing. Okay? I love that, right? I love that. Why? I have a feeling that when we get depressed, when we get bummed, when things aren't going well, we don't necessarily go running to the Lord right away, do we? You know what we do do? We tend to complain to other people. Let me tell you what I like and don't like about this. Let me tell you what I'm above. Let me, and, 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 and guys, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. The word of God says to us to make your voice, make your voice heard. Make, cry out to the Lord. Cry out to God first. He listens to us. Church, we have a tendency to complain to other people, and this does not help anything. This doesn't help anything. I'm not talking about reaching out and saying, hey, man, would you pray for me, Emil? I'm really super bummed today. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about complaining about whatever it might be. Let me tell you about my wife. Let me tell you what she did. Let me tell you why I'm so discouraged. Let me tell you what. And we tend to complain, but it doesn't really help anything. Why? Because if the, if the person you're complaining to is not really gelling with you, you say, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to come over here. Mel, let me tell you about something. And, then, and we tend to complain to everybody. But David reminds us that we should go to the Lord first. Right? How many of us during this time of year really need to air out? We need to, sometimes we just need to air out. It's not a big deal, but you, when you go to the Lord first, you get it off your chest. And you're like, okay, Lord, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. I like the way, I like the way the New Living Translation actually breaks this down. Let me, let me share it with you, okay? I'm not sure if Josh put it up there or not, but the New, the, the Psalm 142 in the New Living Translation says this. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. He says, I pour out my complaints before him and tell him my troubles. And when I'm overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. Now, here's what I want to say. Notice what he says. David says this, guys, listen. I spell out my troubles in detail. Why is that important? Because if we're going to complain about a certain situation in life, we need to take time in prayer to be able to tell the Lord that. 
Okay? And what I mean by that, guys, is that, I mean, there are times when we go, God, you don't understand. I can't believe this. And so and so. And it, and it gives you all of 20 seconds of you just spilling out your heart, but you've never really prayed about it. And when you get down on your knees and you seek to God and you say, God, this is what's going on in my life. This is what's happening. This is where I feel I'm being, I'm being hurt. This is where I feel like I'm being robbed. God, here's what's going on. And you spend time in prayer, pouring out your complaint. Here's what he says. He says, then my heart felt overwhelmed. How do you feel? I feel a lot better. I took some time. I took some time. And I know many of us feel that way this time of year. You understand? Many of us going even today. And what we need to do, guys, is we need to cry out to the Lord. We need to cry out to the Lord. The second thing, guys, we can learn from David. Notice this. This is so important here. The second thing is that we can, he, he takes comfort that God knew his case. He takes comfort knowing that God hears and listens. Why? He says this. He says, when I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn when I am overwhelmed. Listen, anytime David felt overwhelmed, he found confidence in knowing that God knew his journey and his walk. And he knew the path that David was on. And here's what I love. Whether we acknowledge it or not, God knows all that's going on. And what we need to do is we need to put to bed the fact that God knows all about COVID. Okay? God knows all about COVID. He knows all about what's going on in your life. He knows all about, all about your life. He, he knows And what we need to do is we need to take comfort in knowing we're not alone. You guys with me? Yesterday, yesterday, it was such a cool thing because in our men's group, okay, in our men's group, we had, we just had a small number, but, but what started out as a testimony, kind of a testimony in that it really blossomed into just people sharing. And it was so cool because here's what I left with. I left with the fact that I'm not alone. That everybody kind of struggles the same way and we got to lift up each other's arms and, and that helped me. That helped me. David knows that God is listening. David knows and yet, guess what? He still feels discouraged. Look at verse four. He says, I look for something to come and help me. I look for someone to come and help me. But no one gives me, what does it say? A passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit of what happens to me. Well, you know what I love about David? The, the dude is honest. He's like, you know what? Here's the deal. I cried out to the Lord and realized no one's helping me. Guys, discouragement, discouragement, right? You know where your courage comes from? You know where your courage comes from? It's when somebody is behind you going, man, I've got your back. I'm with you. We can do this together. You go, man, I don't, want, I don't know, man. I don't want to take on this task. No, let's do it together. That's where courage comes from. Men, listen to me. Courage comes from your wife saying, come on, you can do this. I've got your back. That's where it comes from, guys. Wives have to be the courage When men get discouraged, just when your wife looks at you and says, man, you're not going to accomplish it. You can't do nothing. 
You just go sit in the go. And, and we feel, oh, but when our wives stand behind us and go, listen, there you go, I'm behind you. We can do anything. We can do anything. Guys, courage comes from our closest family and our closest friends encouraging us. Encouraging us. David writes in the Psalms, oh, why am I so down? Why am I so depressed? Put my hope in God. He needs, listen, David didn't feel like he had somebody that goes, David, I got you, man. I'm behind you. Let's go. David had a bunch of mighty men, but David needed that someone, that someone to go, man, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. I got you. I got you. David, the, 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 this is, this is King David. This is David in heaven right now. Guys, he, he felt just like us. He felt discouraged. He feels alone. And he says, man, I, I looked around for help. I, I looked, listen, I looked for a hug. Now I understand during COVID, we're not supposed to hug. But he said, I looked for a hug. I looked for a kind word. A go get him. I looked for someone just to send me a text to tell them they were thinking about me. I looked for a text or an email that said, man, I'm praying for you. I'm behind you. And you know what David said? David said, I didn't get any of that. No one cares. No one cares, man. I'm super bummed. What a great application for us, guys. How about this week? How about this week? You purpose to just just send a text to somebody. Man, I'm behind you. Thinking about you. 2021 is going to be better. Why I'm behind you, man. I got you. I got you. It's going to, we need those things, guys. We need those things. It was a few weeks back. I was at the gym and I got a text from a sister in the fellowship. And it was weird because all it said was, how can I pray for you today? How can I pray for you? Wow. You know what that did? That just made me feel like, wow, somebody's thinking about me and just asking, how can they pray for me? And listen, your pastor, make no mistakes. I need your prayers. Guys, I covet your prayers. I don't walk around here going, man, I've got it all together. Are you kidding me? I'm going, God, please, please, man, I'm struggling here, and, and we just got to help each other. We got to help each other. How about we purpose this week to just send a, just a quick text to somebody saying, I'm, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Do you need anything? Do you need anything? That's it. Well, Pastor, I don't want to, I don't want to text somebody, do you need anything? Because then what if they do? And then I'll have to get up and then I'll be all inconvenienced and then I'll have to go to the store and buy him soup and all this. That's, that should be the Christian mindset. Do you need anything? What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Especially this time of year. Guys, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities to, to bless somebody we don't even know. Look for opportunities. Look for single moms that are struggling. Look for them, and you know, how can we help them? 
I mean, again, those in the fellowship, how are you? How are you? Christmas discouragement comes, guys, from when we feel like like we're all alone. Why did Pastor Ben, why would he get so discouraged as a, as a, as a, as a kid in, in going up before he got married? Because I always felt like I was going to be alone on Christmas Eve. I always felt like it was going to be like, and so that's where discouragement comes from. We need to let people, they're not alone. We need to let people know you're not alone, even during this time. Guys, do you realize, do you realize, here we are, December 20th, 2020, okay, 12-2020, but here's the thing. Do you realize that we have been trying to shut, be shut down for almost 10 months? And what people do, if they've got really afraid and they've stayed home, but listen, they're, they're discouraged because they feel like they're alone. And so what can we do? What can we do? You go, well, Ben, what's, what, what, what's the trip? Here, here's what, listen, listen what discouragement does. Here, here's what it does. You ready? Jot this down. It neutralizes optimism. That's what it does. Used to be the man, used to be the guy going, man, I'm optimistic. Let's go. This is going to be a great year. Now you're just, it, it neutralizes that. It assassinates hope. The hope you once had, and here's what it does. It erases courage. You go, Ben, what should we do? But here's what I want you to notice, guys. I want you to notice in verse 5 and 6, but I don't want, I don't want you to look like it's commonplace, okay? I don't want you to look like it's commonplace because that's what we do. Well, Pastor, I went to church today and Pastor said we should pray. No, no, no. Here's what David does. In verse 5, he says, Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cryer, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. You know what he does? What does he do? Praise. Let's talk about the lost art of praying. The lost art of praying. David says, you know, I, listen, here's what I did. I was really discouraged, and so I got on Facebook, and, and, and I sent a meme. And I got some likes, and that's, that's cool. I, that's not what he says, is it? David didn't, David didn't say, hey, listen, I was really feeling super bummed. And so I called that 1-800-SANTA-CLAUS, and he said, ho, 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 and he was really encouraging and blah, blah, blah. And I, I just liked that recording. It was pretty cool, and I felt better after that. He didn't say that, did he? David said, when I'm discouraged, when I'm bummed, when I'm sad, when I'm lonely, when I'm depressed, he said, here's, then I prayed to you, O Lord, and I stayed there. You know what refuge means? It means you take your place. It's there, there's where you are. You take your place and, uh, you stay in there. You stay in there. It's like you go home. And here's what the devil wants to do to us. Come on, guys. Look, look at me. Here's what the devil wants to do. He wants to make us so busy this Christmas season and all the time. He wants to make us so busy that guess what? We don't have time to pray. And we don't, and we don't spend time in prayer. 
We don't spend time in prayer. We pray. Don't get me wrong. We pray. We all pray. But, but are we spending that time so that our souls are overwhelmed and that they're encouraged? Why? Because if I can encourage Soph and Soph can encourage me, how much more will the Lord encourage us when we spend time with him? This is the God that created us. This is the God that created us. So, so he says, listen, you are my place of refuge. Here's what Jesus, here, here's what David said. You are all I want in life. Listen, Christmas is coming. And I'm not against giving gifts. I'm not against getting gifts. But Jesus has to be the central focus of this season. That's when we'll feel fulfilled. That's when we'll feel fulfilled. Because if we don't, then we're just like, ah. You go, why did you say don't let it be commonplace? Because you'll hear every pastor say, hey, you need to pray. Yeah, I need to pray. But I don't want it to be, guys, and I wrote this on my key. I said, prayer is key, but not the let's bless the food prayer. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Hey, bless the food in Jesus' name. Amen. Boom. It has to be a, a, a heart seeking, looking for life in prayer. Why is this important? Why? You ready? Um, a while back I did a teaching, but an illustration that popped out that I thought I would share with you again. And it's a story told about that, that a garage sale or, 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 or an auction, a public auction that the devil once had. And the story goes as such. As prospective buyers assembled, they noticed an assortment of tools that the devil was selling. Okay, so the devil's selling tools. And what were the tools that the devil was selling? Well, the tools of, of worry, fear, lust, greed, and selfishness were all carefully inspected before the sale. But off to one side, standing alone, there was an oddly shaped, well-worn tool which was labeled not for sale. Asked to explain why the devil, asked to explain why, the devil replied, well, I can spare my other tools, but I cannot spare this one. It's the most useful implement that I have. With it, I can work my way into the deep hearts otherwise inaccessible. After I've plowed deeply with this tool, the way is open to plant anything there I desire. It's the most effective tool I have, therefore it's not for sale. What's the name of the tool? It's the tool of discouragement. You see, Satan's most useful tool in our lives, guys, is discouragement. As a matter of fact, the apostle, in talking about discouragement, he writes in 2 Corinthians 4.16, notice what he says. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, guys, don't be discouraged, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Now, here's what he says, you ready? For our light affliction is for but a moment. Our light affliction is for but a moment. It's working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. 
while others do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. In other words, for this reason, guys, we don't become discouraged, even though, even though we are physically being and gradually decaying, yet our spiritual being is being renewed day after day. And this is small and temporary trouble to suffer, but it's going to bring tremendous and eternal glory. You go, well, Ben, I'm discouraged. What should I do? Well, here's what we're going to do. With the remainder of our time, guys, let me give you some tools to help us on our journey to fight the good fight. You ready? Number one, if you're feeling discouraged today, whether it's seasonal discouraged or you just feel discouragement, here's number one. Ready? Jot this down. Be truthful with God. Be truthful with God. Why? So many times we pray lofty prayers for others when we ourselves are hurting and broken inside. And see, God knows. And I think we need to be honest with him and ask for his divine help this holiday season. Be truthful. Lord, this always stresses me out. Lord, this is what's going on. Lord, why am I so discouraged? I think David asked all the time, why am I so discouraged, Lord? Why am I bummed out? What's going on? And he's truthful. The problem is, Mel, is that so many people think that we as Christians have to look or act a certain way. And then when we're honest, it's like, oh, I didn't realize, right? Because here's what we do, Emil. Here's what we do. We'll go and say, hey, how you doing? And our, and our, our, our normal reflex, our normal everything is, I'm fine, how are you? That's just normal. No matter what. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, how are you? And you may not be doing good at all, but that's normal. When you catch somebody by surprise, it's when you ask them again, hey, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. No, really, how are you? You doing all right this season? And they'll either go one or two, hey, dude, I told you I'm doing great. Things are awesome. Or they'll be like, yeah, as a matter of fact, no, man, I'm not doing that great. And then you have time to listen and and you'll see his heart. You'll see her heart. We do that. We commonplace. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. How are you? Doing good. You walk into a store. Can I help you? Just looking. You know what you're looking. I'm just looking. If you don't want a salesman to bother you, what do you say? Just looking. And so again, we got to remember, be truthful with God. Here's Paul's admonition. He says, don't lose heart because, because that, that point is to nudge us in the right direction. It's normal to get discouraged, guys. It's okay. But Paul warns us it's not acceptable to stay discouraged. So if you're watching us online and you're going, man, this has been a sea, don't be discouraged, okay? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Number two, find the source of your discouragement. Find the source. Remember, for me, it was my past. It was how, how things shaped up in my early life and how the holiday season was no longer the same. That was the source of my discouragement. I always felt like I was going to be alone. I was going to be empty. I was going to be sad. Find the source of your discouragement. See, the problem may be a cutting remark of a friend or the feeling that you're carrying a particularly heavy burden alone or the lack of approval by an important person in your life. And so what we need to do is, by faith, look beyond your circumstances and emotions to God who will renew you each day. That's what Paul says. You're being renewed day by day. We also need to do this. 
We also, guys, as we find the source of our discouragement, we need to realize that sometimes hardships and discouragement, you ready? Is what God uses to perfect our faith. You want a scripture verse? Romans chapter 5, 1 through 10. Look at that later. And remember, God promises that we shall reap, what? If we do not grow weary. There was a British missionary, Elizabeth Alward. Miss Alward had two great sorrows as a young girl. You ready? Her hair was black and straight when all the other popular girls' hair was full of golden curls. And the second is when her all her friends kept growing, she ended up being short. Years later, God called her to the mission field in China. And she started looking at the people to whom God had called her to minister to. She said, I noticed two very apparent observations about these people. First, each and every one of them had long, straight, black hair. And secondly, each and every one of them had stopped growing exactly at the same moment that I did. And I bowed my head and prayed, Jehovah God, you know what you're doing. So those hardships, those things that we go through, even today, he's going to perfect in us. But we need to trust him. Okay, church, let's close our study with this. I'm going to close the same way I started. This week, Alex, this week, Amanda, you're going to come into contact with an awful lot of people who are at their absolute breaking point. Friends? Family, co-workers, whatever it might be, okay? Strangers in the grocery store, you're going to come into contact with them. While the radio sings, it's the most wonderful time. There's a lot of people who go, no, this is not the most wonderful time. This is the most awful time. There are people, guys, there are people, even in this holiday season, who have lost someone to death that was, that was just, it was so special to them. That even now, it's like, I miss my grandma, I miss my aunt, I miss my sister, I miss my cousin, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. So it could be the most saddest, stressful, loneliest, heartbreaking for others. Are you guys with me on this? Do you understand that's, that's what we're facing? And so there's two things. If that's you this morning, here's what I want you to know. If you're, if you're just like, Ben, you're talking right to me. That was me, man. You don't understand. I come here, but yes, um, we know, know this, that we love you, and you're not alone. You're not alone, man. Our prayer for you is that you would find the joy of Jesus once again. That's our prayer. Number two. If you know someone, if you know someone who's bummed, guys, let them know you care. Let them know you care. Shoot out a text. Say hello. Be patient. Be kind. Be caring. Amen? Father, we thank you today for your word and the truth in your word today. Lord, we thank you for your great love for us. And so, Lord, even now, we, um, we pray for those that are discouraged. 
Lord, in this prayer, you've put something in my heart. Lord, if, if there's anyone watching online that is discouraged, that, that feels like they're alone or they're stressed out, maybe, maybe you can just drop a little, a little note and we'll pray for you. Maybe you can just put a comment, say, hey, man, pray for me. We would love to pray for you. I know a lot of people are, are stressed out this morning. So, Lord, we love you. And we thank you. And we bless you, Lord. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.